0: Hi everyone, this is Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. I'm in Canberra this weekend, especially to watch the Australian Jullaroos take on the Kiwi Ferns, so this week's podcast is a series of interviews that I prepared for you earlier this week. First you'll hear from NRL Ambassador Alan Tung about his participation in and commitment to the Voice Against Violence program, which has been showcased during representative round. You'll hear from Gillaroo Karina Brown ahead of the Kiwi Ferns versus the Australian Gillaroos game on Friday night. Grace Hamilton, who's a current Wallaroo, also stops by for a chat about the Sydney women's team win over the ACT Brumbies women's team last weekend in Canberra. And finally, we're also joined by David Wesley, who is part of the Papua New Guinea Kumals coaching staff ahead of the Papua New Guinea Kumals game against the Cook Islands in the Pacific Test on Saturday afternoon. I hope you all really enjoy this episode and I look forward to seeing you all next weekend.
1: Turn your porch lights off because we're coming over with a trophy. Last play. Oh, Remember goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taking the hand of Miso! Brown hustling up! She dives on the ball.
0: You're listening to Ladies Who Lead. This year we've been treated to outstanding footy on the field. Every year the levels of athleticism, speed and agility in our game continue to improve. But what also continues to improve is the way the NRL engages with the community that it has such tremendous capacity to influence. This weekend during representative round, the NRL will shine light on its voice against violence campaign. And this morning we're joined by one of our NRL ambassadors, Alan Tung, to talk about his involvement in the program. Good morning, Alan.
2: Good morning, Mary. Thanks for having
0: us. Thank you very much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
2: It's great. It's great to be able to talk about exactly what you spoke about in that introduction. The great work that the game is doing off the field, and um, you know, really proud to be a uh, part of the game. Still, I was fortunate to be able to have a you know a great career uh, within the game, but um, to be able to do these messages in our communities that really, really needed it, it just shows the power of rugby league.
0: So Alan, we'll start off with what is the Voice Against Violence campaign and what's your involvement in it?
2: It's an education and awareness program designed for our 16 and 18-year-old junior footballers um, right across Australia and the Pacific as well. For raising awareness of the violence which is taking place against women and children. So. It's been going for a bit over 12 months now. We, um, we put the program together and um, are delivering it at the moment. And we're really fortunate. We only just got back from Papua New Guinea and training people up to be able to continue that, this message far and wide. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that not only have we been able to help create it, but uh, I'm the presenter of it here within Australia.
0: Alan, you've designed a number of drills and activities on the field to start a conversation around domestic violence. Can you talk us around your design of that program and what the program actually looks like when you present it to a club?
2: So to, to get a bit of a background on it is you know, I've, I've been working in this space for about five or six years now and, and often when you get to go into a high school or a football club or wherever you go and you you get introduced up and they say you're here to talk about domestic violence, well you can certainly feel the hush and across the crowd nobody really wants to speak about it and it's a topic that we need to talk about for far too long it's been a taboo topic that you know we've turned our back to and so being able to use your rugby league and use those common analogies which our great game has but it's a great way of being able to connect and start awareness and start conversation. And a lot of drills that I use right throughout my rugby league career, drills that you know um, we still use today and that we leave behind with the club, uh, are used to create that conversation. And for one. One of the drills that we do, for instance, is when we're running around the outside, we you know yell out a number and you've got to get into that group. And if you don't get into that group of numbers, say it's uh, four or five, or, for instance, into a group of three, if, if there's one person left stranded, they've got to do push-ups. And we often do this as a bit of a fun warm-up in our games, but I use it as the fact that when they've done the push-ups, we stop and we look at that group of three, and I ask the participants to think of three women that they have and they love in their life And then think about the fact that one in three women are affected by physical violence. And so using these ways of creating awareness and conversation through our rugby league skills and drills has been a really powerful way of connecting. And with a lot of the valuation and the feedback that we've done, it's been the common things that the people have remembered. And even years and years later going back and actually asking them, they really remember the activities and the drills that we did, um, more so than just the, the PowerPoints that we um, you know, we talked to them about.
0: Alan, there's a great video of you doing the rounds, delivering the Voice Against Violence program to Queenbeyan Blues Junior Rugby League Club. What was that experience like, particularly because Queenbeyan is obviously very close to Canberra where you spent a lot of your football career? Uh,
2: it was... It was a great experience. It was a little bit of the unknown and and that's okay, but that's what it's like when we go into... Uh, the football clubs that we're working on oh, i 've seen a, a snippet of it, and i 'm really, really happy with how it 's come across because it really does pick up the essence of the program and, and showcases it and When we go and deliver, we deliver on the footy ground the local ground we deliver it in the local dressing shed and and we have these tough conversations that we really need to have and I think the video really shows it, but it has been great to be able to connect back with the community which has given me so much the the Queen and Canberra community and I get to you know share that message which has been really nice but it's not just a message that my community needs it's a message that you know, our country
0: needs. And Alan, I feel like representative round is a really good opportunity to focus on the issue because so many players are coming together from different backgrounds and it's a great opportunity to reach people from a wide range of backgrounds and present a united front on an issue that is very, very common in our society.
2: You're exactly right and I think we, we speak about it all the time that it doesn't discriminate um, this issue of domestic violence. And you're right, us coming together as a game acknowledging that we have got some problems and showcasing the work that we are trying to do and that we're continuing to do and trying to spread. And as I mentioned, we we launched it just at the end of last year in Papua New Guinea and we're just about to, you know, continue the, the roll out there. We've already been over and started the training of the trainers over there to deliver the workshops within our communities, Fiji, in um, only about two or three weeks' time. But eventually it's to go across the Pacific and to be able to use our game and, and the reach of our game, which is so powerful, and, and to continue that um, story that we want to spread.
0: Alan I feel like there's a perception that rugby league has a particular problem with attitudes and perceptions towards women but I truly believe that this is a problem that we have in our society and that rugby league is simply a reflection of that. How do you respond to people who suggest that it's the NRL that has the problem?
2: I use that exact same statement that you have just mentioned there that we just reflect society. Now do we have problems whether it be with domestic violence, whether it be alcohol, whether it be gambling. Does society have a problem with that? Absolutely they do. And we're going to have those same problems uh, in, in our game. It, it is important that we you know, continue to educate and we make our players aware of the impact that they have as role models within our game. But I, I don't come across as that the reason why we are doing it in football clubs is not to point the finger at rugby league players. It's to have that conversation with men. And because I've been in a lot of communities where I haven't gone to the football clubs and we have gone into the towns to talk about domestic violence. And let me tell you, the attendance at a lot of those forums or those chats we're doing is not very high and there's not very many men. Turn up. So where do you go and where do you have that conversation with men? Well, you go to a local football club. You go and have that conversation where all those men are and where those men are going to knock around with other men in their community. And if we get that platform right, if we set the right examples on and off the football field, I really believe that it can have that ripple effect into our communities, and not just with the football club with those men, but to other men that live and breathe and hang around these guys. And, you know, Rugby League just has this amazing ability to connect, and especially in the regional towns that we do it in, uh, you know, the Rugby League players are held in high regard, so if we can, you know, share the right message, educate, and set the right example there wow,
0: we can have a huge impact. And Alan, I feel like rugby league is very much a young man's game. Like we have so many young men that play our game and I think it's really positive to see the NRL take a stand and recognise the ability that it has to educate the young men that play rugby league on issues important like domestic violence.
2: Absolutely. The game has... a. um you know, has a huge responsibility of educating. And I mean, from when I first come into what the game is doing now in the educational welfare space is just quite amazing. Uh, the amount of support um, and education, like I mentioned, to these young players is is great. And it's what they deserve, too, because we're asking them, in you know, in a period in your life where you're still just working out what A man is, uh, and you're being thrown in the spotlight. um, It is really important that we do that. And I was talking to Adair Donaldson, who um, works for for Shine Lawyers, and I was speaking to him about this. And when he looks at the NRL, he thinks of it as, you know, it's such a a critical age. When you think about the behaviours of, you know, young men 17 to to 33 or 4 in society, it is a really, um, you know, tricky time in your life. And in particular, these guys have now got, you know, some income, some good income, and they've also got a spotlight thrown on them. So it's really important that we we educate and make them aware um, uh, around that. But he was saying, too. That he actually feels that the rugby league players are, are way ahead of the rest of the pack with the amount of education that they do get. So, um, we are, we are on the front foot. And when you compare us to a lot of other sports, um, uh, we are absolutely leading the way. And I'm really proud to, um, to say that because, you know, rugby league has been such a big part of my life. I love the game and I love the people and to show what we are doing and what we are doing for our players, but for not only in the NRL, but in locally in the communities, it, it really is, um, it's wonderful to see.
0: It absolutely is, and it makes me also so proud to be involved with the game. Alan, can you tell me a little bit about the involvement of the Full Stop Foundation and Our Watch in the creation of this program?
2: Yeah, so expert partners have been across everything right from day one when uh, we, we got some funding to be able to do the program. But with everything that we deliver, I mean, at the end of the day, they are the experts. They they know, they deal with this um, on a day, daily, um, hourly basis all the time. And for us to be able to shape the key information and points that we want to get across to young men, um, they've been critical in being able to do that. And it's been really nice to already share the program um, with a few people from White Ribbon, but we've got a few more. We're delivering another workshop in a couple of days' time. Uh, but to really be able to show them what we are doing and, and get their feedback has been vital. And it's great to say that they are absolutely loving it, which is great.
0: Alan, thank you so much for your time this morning. The game is much better for your involvement in it and I just think you're an amazing ambassador for so much outstanding work that the NRL is doing. So keep up the good work. We're so lucky to have you.
2: Well, thank you very much. And Mary, thank you for always trying to do your best to share these great stories. So
0: thank you. Thanks, Alan. We stand by for the clap. Great to take some down the tunnel. It's been a big week for Ladies Who League, with the Australian Gillaroos set to take on the Kiwi Ferns in the Anzac Test on Friday night in Canberra. Joining me from Australian Gillaroos camp in Canberra is Gillaroos winger Karina Brown. Hi Karina, how are you? Good thanks, how are you? Very well, thanks so much for taking the time, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now Karina, I know the team spent some time on the Gold Coast last week and you're now in Canberra. How has camp been going?
3: Yeah, it's been great. Um, like you said, we we're at uh, Royal Pines on the Gold Coast uh, last week, preparing for this week's test match, and we just got to Canberra on Monday, and we've since had um, a gym session and a field session, and another one to go. But yeah, we're we're on track. Um, it's really you know great vibe in camp and really close knit group. So. Looking forward to
0: the clash. And it's been a big year for the Jillaroos so far with the team defeating the Kiwi Ferns for the first time in the three-game series at the Nines. Do you feel like you head into this game with some momentum?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, great to finally uh, get the win in the Auckland Nines. That was the first time we've won the competition in, in three years. It's been going, so that was fantastic. But we put a lot of work into that win. The whole squad had been training really hard since November and worked out some good combinations, so... It was really good to uh, get the win, but we haven't been focusing on that at all. We're just focused on what we are going to do this week, and it's a completely different game. It's, it's 13 a side, so you know, we've got our forward pack ready to rock cause in Auckland Nines we took mainly our backs. So, yeah, completely different game, but as good as it was to get that win, we're, we're really focused on what we've got to do to win this Friday night.
0: And who are some of the players in the Kiwi Fern squad that you need to keep a firm eye on on Friday night?
3: To be honest, I haven't even um, had a look at the team. I've just been <laughs> worrying about that, you know, the Jillaroo's and what we've got to offer. But they're well, I've had a little look. You know, they've, they've got great halves and they've got a few debutants and their forward pack's always really strong and aggressive. But as I said, just focused on, on our team and what we've got to offer and what we're going to bring Friday night. And yeah, I think we'll definitely be able to match it.
0: Karina Brad Donald has now been Jillaroo's coach for a couple of months. What's he been like to work with?
3: I've been really lucky. um, fortunate to be coached by Brad for a few years now because he was a former Queensland coach. So I've worked with him for many years before he's taken on the Jillaroo role. But he's just, you know, he's, he's a great guy and really passionate about women's footy and bring, brings a lot to this team, a lot of experience. He's just, you know, composed and got good direction. But it's not just uh, Brad. Like, we're really lucky. We have Jamie Feeney, who works with the New South Wales girls. So they're just a great combination together and we're really enjoying having them involved and
2: and working with them.
0: I was really pleased to hear the news that both Ruan Sims and Steph Hancock returned from injury for this game. How much of a boost does their inclusion give the squad? Uh,
3: Unfortunately, um, Steph, due to injury, she um, had to pull out.
0: Oh, no, Um, that's so sad. That
3: that happened on the weekend in camp. However, we do have Rui and, and Rui is... You know she's a great leader and a great ambassador for rugby league. So we will you know we're following her out there on the field on, on Friday night, and we'll miss Steffi. But the World Cup's at the end of the year, so we just want Steffi to um, you know get her injury right, get ready for that.
0: And Karina, you had an outstanding game this time last year, scoring two tries. How are you personally feeling heading into the game?
3: Yeah, I'm feeling good. That, that was the first time I'd scored for Australia last year, and. It was in a losing match, <laughs> which sucked, you know, you, you just want the team to win and it doesn't really matter about the tries, just whatever we can do to, to win as a team. Um, so looking forward to this game and personally, but not just personally, actually, the whole team is better and stronger than ever before, so I, I, I think everyone's going to have a big match and hope to, yeah, put in a good performance myself.
0: I'm also looking forward to seeing the new halves pairing of Zahara, Tamara and Simone Smith. What can fans expect from those two?
3: Yeah, those two are really exciting young players and it's great they've got the opportunity to pull on the green and gold. Um, fantastic players. I used to play with Zahara for the last three to four years at club footy and I've seen Simone play in the Indigenous All-Stars and, and what she brings So I think they're just going to be a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. They've got great vision, Uh, so I'm really keen to see what what they can produce on Friday night.
0: And Karina, you've had a couple of visitors in camp I saw. So I saw that Mal Meninga visited last week and Greg Inglis and Matt Scott visited just the other day. Did Mal have any advice for all of you? Yeah, it
3: was great to have uh, Mal in camp and, you know, he was talking about what it means to pull on the green and gold and, and that international level football and, They've they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes on how important it is to wear that green and gold. So it's good to be um, a part of it all with the boys. And, you know, Mel just has a great presence and a great passion and love for the game. And, you know, his support for the women's game is, you know, is great and and we're really happy to have him involved. Uh, And, yeah, we did have the boys out yesterday to to watch us in uh, one of our training sessions, which was good, and give us a few words of advice.
0: Awesome. And you look like you've all been having plenty of fun in camp. Who is the player you would least like to share a room with at night and why?
4: <laughs>
3: uh, oh, do you know what? Oh, like I said, we're a really tight-knit group. <laughs> um, maybe Sammy Bremner, our little fullback. I have shared with her before, but she apparently sleepwalks. Oh, so bit, Yeah, I'd be a bit worried about that.
0: <laughs> and Karina, I hear your nickname is Goose. Where did that come from?
3: I've had that name since my first season, which was about six or seven years ago now, and I'm just a bit of a goose, basically. <laughs> we'll go with that. I think the real reason's a bit M-rated.
0: No, I like that. You're a bit of fun, a bit of a goose. I'm a bit of a goose sometimes yeah. too. And yeah, yeah, it fits as well. Karina, I know Kezia Apps is still injured, but it's been so good to see her with the team in camp and as part of the coaching staff. What's it been like having her around camp? Oh, Kaziaps, Apps,
3: she's an absolute legend and – and, um, you know, Dallianne, medalist, so obviously, you know, shattered when she broke her leg. But she's, you know, moving forward in and, and leaps and bounds and we'll have her back in no time. But just having her around, she's actually taking on an assistant manager role. So she's a bundle of laughs and making sure we're where we're going to be and on time and, you know, have, have everything that we need. So it's great to have Kezi here.
0: And Karina, it's been a massive year for women in league this year with the Tasha Gale 9s competition launching the Sharks women team playing in several fixtures and Queensland and New South Wales recently announcing the complete pathway for under-6 girls all the way to under-18s. How much change have you seen in the time you've been playing rugby league? I've seen
3: a lot of change. Uh, I was actually just talking about this last night with some of the girls and we were just talking about seven years ago when I played one of the All-Stars matches in We had a couple of the the mums that were in one of the rooms and they went to Coles and bought all the food and we had to bring our own, you know, plates and knives and forks from our rooms and go to get our meals. So, whereas now we're in, you know, five-star accommodation, all our meals are paid for. We're getting massages now, you know, really treated exactly like the boys and it's exciting time to be part of football. And like you said, there's a number of initiatives and pathways that have um, come through in the from the juniors, um, and, and, you know, through to international football, where I only played touch footy as a, as a junior and didn't start rugby league till I was 21. And you can already see now with like Simone and Z, they're the perfect examples of they've been playing junior footy and yeah, just the skill that they have now and it's fantastic. And it's only going to be continue to get, um, you know, stronger as the years go on. So I wish I was a little bit younger, (laughs) to be honest.
0: (laughs) But Karina, I love it because there just seems to be a real interest in what the Jillaroos are doing. And I know how excited everyone is to see you all play on Friday night. And it's just really exciting to see, I think, all the changes, particularly when it comes to participation for women in league.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and we're excited too. We're we're so pleased with you know all the fans and supporters that get behind the women's game and and enjoy it and, and support us come out to watch so you know I, I thank everyone for that and we just want to continue to put on a good show and, and and showcase you know the sport that we all have you know so much love for and we hope to do that again on Friday night and and as the years go on especially with the World Cup at the end of the year we had Andrew Hill talk to us last night about um, everything to do with the World Cup, and. Just everything that they're doing and and the NRL um, to really put the women's game where, you know, where it should be is, is fantastic and we're really pleased to have the support.
0: Karina, thanks so much for your time. I'm heading down to Canberra on Friday so I can't wait to watch you all play. I hope ice baths won't be part of the recovery afterwards because it is going to be freezing in Canberra on Friday.
3: You know, it's it's dreaded by all of us. They will definitely be involved on Friday. There's never escaping in an ice bath, but it makes it a lot easier if you're holding the trophy. So let's aim for that, hey? Yeah, let's
0: (laughs) aim for that trophy. Thanks so much, Karina.
3: No worries. Thanks for your time.
0: Big news for ladies who line out last Sunday, with the Sydney women's team playing the ACT Brumbies women's team in a curtain raiser before the Brumbies took on the Blues. This was a rematch of last year's National Championships Grand Final, which Sydney won 35 points to three. I'm now joined by one of the Sydney players and current Australian Wallaroo Grace Hamilton. Hi, Grace. Hi. How are you?
4: Good.
0: That's good. good. Thank you so much for making the time. That's okay, anytime. And Grace, congrats on the win on the weekend by 13 points to three. It seems like it was a much closer game than the grand final last year. Yeah,
4: it was. Um, We've obviously just come together as a team and the Brumbies always put up a good fight. Down in Canberra was a very tough contest for us.
0: So tell me a bit about your Sydney women's team. How often do you play together and train together and which competition do you play in? Uh,
4: so our Sydney women's team is just a mix of girls who come from um, all the club rugby teams in Sydney. Uh, so we basically just play our club competition, win the normal rounds, and they're selected from these games. So we've actually only just come together in the last couple of weeks, and then, yeah, we're moving towards to nationals at the start of May. As the nationals is done earlier this year, it's been like a very rushed process for us.
0: And are there many new faces in the team this year?
4: Yeah, there's actually a lot of new girls, which is really great to see coming up the ranks. So, yeah, it's a really good
0: atmosphere there. Excellent. And, look, I understand that you used to play for the Brumbies. What was it like coming up against some of your old teammates?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's always good playing against the Brumbies. Always have a soft spot spot for them. It's always always tough trying to put on your game face to play against your mates. And there's always a little cheeky uh, niggle or a little cheeky bit of banter on
0: the field. But it's always a great, great contest. It's always part of the fun, right? And were there any yeah. standout performances on the day? Any players you'd like to shout out to? Um,
4: I think there was a few from every team. Like our team, we obviously played new structures, so we're getting used to playing to it with each other. Obviously our captain, Ash, who's outstanding at any position. And then the ACT had a few good girls in their centres and back row and even their locks, like Shelley Millwood and things like that.
0: Awesome. So, look, you played before the Brumbies took on the Blues. What was the atmosphere down there like?
4: Uh, at the start of the game, there wasn't that many people. There was of family and friends, which was awesome to see. But um, as the game went on, yeah, definitely the crowd built up and it was awesome to just be around that atmosphere and play on such a prestigious field.
0: Was Josephine Suka there?
4: Uh, I don't think she was down there. but uh, Not that I saw, but she well have, could have been. She's always at everything we do.
0: Great supporter. Yeah, isn't she just the best supporter for women's rugby in this country? I love Josephine.
4: Yeah, no, she's the best. Like, she does everything for any club and will help anyone in need. So, yeah, for us, especially women's rugby, she does so much for us and we couldn't be more grateful.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, look, in terms of the Sydney women's rugby team, this is a pretty dominant team. They've won every national championship since the tournament was reinstated. Why do you think New South Wales is so dominant?
4: Uh, There's a lot of depth in um, New South Wales. Obviously, we have a city team. So Sydney, we have a Sydney team, and then we have a New South Wales country team. But our Sydney team, yeah, we just, there's a lot of depth here and a lot of girls who are eager to play. So having that strong competition and really strong club competition has been a really like good factor in having a strong team for Sydney.
0: And can you tell us about some of the things that Sydney University has been doing this year to showcase the women's team a bit more?
4: Yeah, so Sydney University is my club team and this year we've had a better relationship with the men's team so they've obviously helped us out and we've even played, we played the main game the other day as first grade had a Friday night game and last weekend we even played after first grade so all the crowd stuck around and supported us playing it on the main field at Sydney Uni which was a great thing for us.
0: That's awesome, I went to Sydney Uni and it's just such a beautiful university.
4: Yeah, no it is and they're they're supporting us and we couldn't be more
0: happy about that. That's awesome. Now, can you tell me about some of the characters in either your Sydney women's rugby team or your Sydney uni team?
4: Oh Yeah, there's just so many different (laughs) characters. We've got people like, we've got girls who are still 17 and one's doing their HSC at the moment, girls who have played for over 10 years, people in their 40s to 17. So, so many diverse girls from different backgrounds and everything. It's just, it's really great to see.
0: So, Grace, you mentioned that the season was sort of just starting to get underway. Are you confident that you guys can go on and win the national champs again this year? (laughs)
4: Look, I wouldn't say um, (laughs) we're going to win it. Everyone always puts their best foot forward at the national championship and everyone's out there to just pip us. So we've got to stay strong and we've really got to come together as a team to try and try and yeah maintain that title but yeah we've
0: just got to play our best game and come together together well look i'm a new south wales girl so the sydney women's rugby team is now my team so you've definitely got my support (laughs) as well thank you (laughs) grace you are also a wallaroo so it's a big year for women's rugby this year and you're all preparing for a world cup i understand that you and some of the new south wales-based wallaroos have been training at waratah's hq has that been helpful and what are the facilities like
4: uh, yeah, we've been training at the Waratah facilities twice a week. It's been amazing for us. Even getting in just in a super rugby facility, it's just a really good opportunity for all us girls. We've got Luke Bass, who's like an exceptional trainer, so he's just trying to get us ready to be in the best shape we can be and minimise injuries and,
0: and moving forward. And, Grace, how many of the Wallaroos are based in Sydney and how do you keep in touch with the rest of your teammates that are all across the country?
4: there's quite a big squad so there's about 10 to 15 girls in Sydney which is great and we've created a really good culture having those training sessions but keeping in touch with others is a bit hard because we're all in such different areas we don't come together that much but we have satellite trainings in every state and then we always have discussions online or things like that. That we, yeah, obviously to keep the team
0: a bit together. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I understand that you and the team are heading to June for a four nations tournament against New Zealand, Canada, and England in June. Who do you think is going to be your biggest competition over there? Uh, yeah,
4: so they haven't even announced the team yet. Hopeful, but um, they'll announce that after the national tournament. But, yeah, it's going to be a massive test for the Australian team. So they're probably the three best teams in the world at the moment and they've started to be professional. So having that professionalism is going to be a really big test for us. But, yeah, we've just got to come together. Hopefully the team will have some time together before we get over there. And, yeah,
0: it's yeah. great. And, look, how beneficial do you think those hit-outs will be before the World Cup in August?
4: For uh, so the team, it would be amazing just to hit out. Obviously, you yeah, Playing to the best teams in the world, so having those professional teams to play against would be a great preparation, just to see where you stand and what, how much hard work when a team would need to put in yeah, for the World Cup in August.
0: Now, Grace, this next question, I'm just going to go based on the assumption that you're going to make the team because I think you're fabulous <laughs> and really hope that you do. Um, yeah. Should you make that team, you're heading over to Ireland in August and you've got Ireland, France and Japan in the same pool as the Wallaroos. If you get selected, will this be your first World Cup?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I've got a lot of hard work to do and there's a lot of things I want to fix up in my game, so I've got to put my head down and keep moving forward. But, yeah, it would be my first World Cup and it would be like the best achievement of my life and so much pride for our country. That's,
0: yeah, That's amazing, Grace. I um, I really hope you get selected because I've been following your progress for a little while now and feel like I've got a, a good connection with you, so it would be great to cheer you on. How can Aussie rugby fans get behind any of these teams, whether it be your Sydney Uni team, your New South Wales team, or the Wallaroos? Uh, I think
4: any, like the community getting around us at the moment is wonderful. Just to see the more exposure of women's sport, not necessarily just rugby, but everything, is just a really great thing to see as a, as a female athlete. And for any team, just the exposure and people noticing us. So I had people at my Sydney Uni team, like, Teachers, one that taught me at school she was like I stayed around to watch your game and just having that and people just like yeah saying hello and being like you played well is just such a nice thing to have now which we've never had in the
0: past and I think it just sort of reflects the growth in women's sport not just in rugby but across all codes there seems to be a real appetite for it now and it's just a joy I think to see people getting behind our amazing female athletes
4: yeah no it is and I think yeah it's only going to get bigger and better and it's really nice to see the girls in those positions, getting the recognition they deserve.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that I got in on the ground level, Grace. Yeah, no,
4: you're, you're one of the best, though. You're <laughs> one of the
0: best supporters of women's sport. Well, thanks so much for your time, Grace. Congratulations on the win on the weekend, and I look forward to following your progress as you fingers cross head towards <laughs> the World Cup. <laughs> thanks so much.
4: I'll try my hardest, and that's all I can do. I yeah, guess,
0: absolutely. So. Thanks, Grace.
4: Yeah. Thank you!
0: representative round is one of my favourite weeks in the rugby league calendar. A tremendous celebration of international rugby league and gives plenty of players the opportunity to play for their countries. This Saturday in one of the matches of a triple header the PNG and will take on the Cook Islands. Joining me from Kummels camp is David Wesley who is part of the Kummels coaching staff. Hi David how are you? Uh, good thank you. Thank you very much for making the time I really appreciate it. Uh, David, how's preparation coming ahead of the game on Saturday?
1: Preparation-wise, we, we had a couple of players pull out. Uh, Captain David Mead and uh, named MacBellan uh, has been playing pretty good football with St George. Um, and just recently we had a player um, spend two weeks in Oga. Other than that, the preparation has been going really well. Training sessions, uh, uh, we had a really good one on Tuesday and then today again with uh, gym work and ball work, so... Um, everything's going to plan at the moment.
0: Excellent. And when did the team come together? Was there sort of a process of people getting to know each other initially?
1: Everyone flew in on Monday. They, most of the players already know each other from last year's test and also um, most of them played for the Hunters together. So yeah, we got probably one or two player uh, players in, but we were all familiar with each other so it did not take long to bond that was part of our training session as well.
0: Excellent. And who are some of the players that fans should keep an eye out on on Saturday?
1: Probably the Wellington brothers. Um, All round, I think we're we're pretty straight across the board with Cullens. One of the Wellington brothers, big big um, second row. those locked for the hunters. He's someone to watch. Uh, Luke Page as well. He's a good front row. I can't really um, think at the moment. I think everyone's going to play a good footy this weekend, especially um, after the training session they put in today.
0: Sounds like you've just got too much choice. That there are too many good footy players for you to be able to name just one or two.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for boys who just play with so much passion. So I'm thinking that it's going to be all round a real, real good team effort.
0: And David, that's something that I noticed last year because I went to the Pacific Test for the first time. And it was just so entertaining and thrilling and the crowd was singing and dancing and there was just a real sense of joy around the game, which I loved.
1: It's such a good feeling. It's such a pleasure coming in, uh, uh, being involved last last year. It was my first, um, for me, being an ex-Kummel player. It was my first um, go at being part of the Kummel's coaching staff and sitting on the sideline and running the water. It was just that sort of, Sort of excited about it and just looking at the crowd, a lot of, lot of singing, a lot of music, just a lot of colours, especially with the fan day yesterday, it was, it was a really awesome day.
0: David, what does it mean to you to be part of the coaching staff of this team? Because I understand, as you mentioned, that you're a former Kumul and that most of the coaching staff, in fact, have represented Papua New Guinea at that top level.
1: Um, for us, uh, we've, we take so much pride out of, out of it. We... Myself, I was born in Papua New Guinea. I I grew up in a village lifestyle for probably eight years of my life and then moved to Australia after that. But The day I put on the Coomles jersey, played for my country, is the most proudest moment of my life. Played the grand final, played a lot of years in NRL, but actually chucking on the jersey is a very proud moment. And now actually giving back to the younger players coming through and mentoring them is, is the... It's one of the ultimate uh, thing for us, uh, coaching staff.
0: David, coaching seems something that you are very passionate about because I understand that you run your own coaching and mentoring business in Cairns and you go to PNG regularly to deliver coaching education. Why was coaching a space you wanted to get involved in?
1: When I moved to Australia, my father passed away um, probably around six months after from, from cancer, lung cancer. So... My coaches became my, my mentors, my father figures, so for me, it's, it's kind of in the blood. After rugby league, I, I pretty much straight away, I wanted to get back to the game and give back to younger kids especially. And, you know, any opportunity I've got, I just want to share the knowledge that I've received myself.
0: And David, I understand you're also passionate about women's rugby league, What's your role in helping to prepare the Papua New Guinea women's team for their first World Cup later this year?
1: Um, at the moment, it's just um, working with uh, doing the coach education, so we had a teacher's course recently, and we had seven women involved, teachers, and then we've got all the staff in the NRL as well that I you know I talk to all the time as well, I've been PNG, and they ask me a lot of questions, and I, I mentor them as well, but... Um, Yet to speak to the coach, he's also asked me some advice about his training programs. But I, I, I'm going to put my hand up to help the women, um, you know, do the training with him and and help them along uh, with their road towards a World Cup.
0: And how much is it going to mean for these women to participate in a World Cup, particularly since for Papua New Guinea, rugby league is the most popular sport there.
1: It'll be it'll be huge because the fact that rugby league is a national sport. The women have always sat on the sideline watching the men play. It's, it's an opportunity for women to start, you know, playing the sport that I've watched for, as a kid and actually um, playing in the World Cup, you know, after a short period of time with women's rugby league and PNG has to play in the World Cup. It's actually going to make the game grow and it's going to help the younger younger girls, especially them, you know, want to be a Kumul.
0: And David, I think sport is immensely powerful and has a real capacity to bring people together, like almost nothing else in the world can. Does rugby league have the capacity to make real change in Papua New Guinea?
1: It does. I believe it does. It changed my life. It changed a lot of people's lives that I've been involved with. Involved with. Um, it, it's actually a really good tool to teach all different aspects of life. Um, you know, health and. And respect and, you know, life skills and whatever, whatever comes with it. And because of how our country is so passionate about it, it is actually going to be a big tool for
0: that. David, thank you so much for your time. I wish you all the best for the game on Saturday and. Please congratulate your team for me because the joy that they play with is just an absolute pleasure to watch and it's a real pleasure for International Rugby League and for Australia to be able to see that passion, I think.
1: Thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm sure they're going to put on a another you know, performance like they did last year, all, all six teams, I think. It's
0: going to be a great day. Thanks so much, David.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Turn your porch lights off because they're coming over with a trophy. Last play. <laughs> Rebecca goes down the short
1: side, turns it away to Karina Brown, she puts it on the foot, that's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up, she's dived on the ball.
4: You're listening to Ladies Who Leave.